0: There are tears on my pillow That won't dry On the road Beyond my ears I've no sorrow But today I don't walk alone Yeah, i I'm on the, on the road To recover road. Step by step
1: Purpose, Big Book Study Groups, Thursday Night, Alcoholics and God, Speaker Step Series. Now let's have our joke from Noah. Good evening, family. My name is Noah, and I'm, al- and I'm an alcoholic. Hello. Okay. Ooh. Okay. An old-timer was going to a meeting explaining how the steps are numbered because they're meant to work, to be worked in order. He went on to say that you can't skip ahead because that, that would be a formula for disaster. A newcomer carrying a pot of coffee was so captivated by the old-timer's narrative that she didn't watch where she was going and she tripped. She accidentally spilled some of the hot coffee on the, new, on the, on the old-timer. Aghast, she stood there in horror as the old-timer wailed at her, saying, "'Aren't you going to say you're sorry?' Stunned and stunned, the newcomer replied, "I would, but I'm not on step
2: ten yet." <laughs> Thank you.
3: I'm an alcoholic, and my name is Robert. Robert.
1: Thanks for joining us tonight. In a minute, we're going to start our two-minute meditation. So please take a moment to get situated. Please turn off all devices that will make that make noise that might or will distract others. Take this time to get connected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away and ask God to help you stay focused on the step study tonight. Is everybody ready? So let's, if so, let's start our meditation. and I'm going to lead you in the fog light prayer. If you're unfamiliar, it's on the screens up above. God, let your love shine through me like a fog light so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. There is a solution from the big book, page 17. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have found a way out on which we can absolutely agree. And upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. I've asked Paulette to read uh, Appendix Two: Spiritual Experience. We read this because the main purpose of the Twelve Steps is to have one. So it is kind of important that you know which one one is. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Have Thank you. Nice.
4: Hello. I am an alcoholic and my name is Paulette. Paulette. Spiritual experience. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of a sudden and spectacular upheaval. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described though it was not our intention to create such an impression many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming god consciousness followed by once followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics Such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James called the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he himself he's finally realized that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life. That such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exception, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspecting inner resource, which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of a spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God-consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essential of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. And that is written by Herbert Spencer. i Anonymous, page 567-568. Thank you.
1: Please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down. This is a tech-free meeting, so please set your phones on airplane or meeting mode or just turn them off. Um, I've had the uh, privilege and the honor of introducing Bobby for the last six weeks. Um, and it's amazing because I've known Bobby since we grew up, and I've seen her mess turn into a, the miracle that it is. And I've, she's seen my mess turn into the beginning stages of the miracle that it is. And um, so without any further ado, let me introduce Bobby for the last week.
5: a prize up here i thought i was gonna be like a shot of vodka or something (laughs) it's fruit loops it's just as bad i mean come on have we not already heard my popcorn story all right everybody hello i'm an alcoholic my name is bobby it's my last day here i don't know how many weeks i've been here you say six he says eight they say 20 i don't know Feels like a lifetime. No, I'm just joking. Um, It's been an honor and a privilege to come out and do any service with Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's only a bonus to do it at the meeting of Alcoholics and God. I love this meeting so much. The environment, the people, the vibes, obviously the tech stuff is really cool, too. I love, love, love the organization, but it don't even seem organized because they do it just so naturally flowing, and I just love you guys so much, so I hope you guys ask me to come back next year, too. It's the only meeting, by the way, that I will sacrifice a Thursday night for, just FYI, because I have another very important commitment on Thursday nights, Um, so I look forward to coming back, and hopefully, at that point in time in my life, I will... Oh
3: God, it scared
5: me. <laughs> All right, Mike, chill out. Okay, I'll eat a Fruit Loop. Okay, I'm gonna eat one. Yeah. Shit. Anyways, um, I hope at that point in time in my life, I will have spiritually progressed into somebody. You know, I, will, I don't want to say better, but maybe different, because there's just been layers upon layers that continually are removed and every time I think I'm at a good place God likes to shake it up a little bit just so that I can get some refining in my life so that I can go to the next level which is so awesome because I am not a person to say stay stagnant I will be bored quick. Real quick, I got to constantly be growing in one way, shape, or form in all areas of my life, not just in Alcoholics Anonymous. So God knew exactly what he was doing with me when he placed me in this meeting place all those years ago. How grateful am I to come? So thank you guys for the honor and privilege of being able to give back to Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, go ahead. Um, We're going to be talking about the 12th step working with others, you know, um, first and foremost, you know, what kind of a person was I prior to coming to Alcoholics Anonymous? I, I didn't, I, I did feel like I always had something to give to people. It was never anything good. It really wasn't. I mean, from as young as I can remember, if I found something cool and fun and exciting, I wanted to share it with everybody. Like the little hard candies that You can crush up with your lunchbox and then sniff it. I used to do that. I don't know why. It did nothing. I don't even know how I knew to sniff a candy. But in the second grade, I was crushing candies up, and I had all my friends following me. It was great. We did it every day at lunch, um, of course. And, you know, then as I got older, I learned how to smoke cigarettes, and I wanted everybody in my neighborhood to learn how to smoke cigarettes. So I taught everybody how to steal cigarettes from the store how to light them how to inhale them you know it was always like learning something new so that I can pass it on to the next person Um, this progressively went on through my life all the way up until Alcoholics Anonymous and I didn't even realize I was that type of a person until like the fog cleared and I started to see who I was And even though, like, a lot of those things are not positive, I was still able to take the good in me out of that and apply it to my everyday recovery world, which has been awesome, you guys. I'm going to talk about what God has done for my life, and and I, I could only imagine what He's going to do for you. Our primary purpose in Alcoholics Anonymous is to stay sober and help another achieve sobriety. Like, and it even says, like, we tried that's all. Like all you do is try, right? So if our primary purpose is stay sober and help other alcoholics achieve sobriety, you're in a good place for that. But if you think that that's all God's got in store for your life, you're totally mis- you're misunderstanding. You're totally shortchanging yourself. Because trust me when I tell you, God's got many multiple purposes for your life. If you think that all the things that you went through prior to coming into recovery were bad, terrible, tragic you know, the worst story, movie that hit the scene, you're probably right. But God can take your life and turn it all into literal beauty. He could turn all your consequences into what I like to call today as assets assets for your future assets for your present and now um really if you want to know like condense what it's for is to help other people at the end of the day he is able to take everything that you have gone through and turn it into your meaning and purpose in life and if we're working for him we're always going to be overpaid meaning we're going to get things that we don't even deserve He's going to give us an abundance of grace, a lucrative lifestyle. I mean, just money, forget about it. You're going to have things that you didn't even know that you wanted until God started to give it to you. That's a life beyond your wildest dreams. I could guarantee you right now, if I told you, you could have anything you want in five years. If you stayed sober, I could guarantee it that whatever you just thought of, you shortchanged yourself. And I I heard somebody tell me that when I was five years sober. And I was like, yeah, right. Because my mind went to a house on the intercoastal, a boat, a pickup truck, yada, 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 yada. Six-figure job, all the things, all the worldly material things. And what I didn't understand was... I was shortchanging myself because I couldn't even fathom anything outside of the worldly things. I didn't even know what I wanted until God gave me a tiny taste of what it's like to have a relationship with him. That goes above and beyond anything out there that can cost a penny or material on this world. But I mean, you know, what's really cool though? Like, you can have a relationship with God and get material things. I'm just saying. It can happen. In fact, it will happen. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about that. But first, I just want to, and I know I did this last week, and those of you guys who have been coming every week is like, okay, you're going to repeat yourself. Guess what? Alcoholics Anonymous uses a style of repetition. They use a style of repetition because they know we are stubborn And we need to hear the same thing over and over and over and over again in order to change the way that we see the world, change our attitude, change our decision-making. All of these things need to be heard by different people, different tones of voices, but the same idea over and over and over again. Coming in here, you did not make it here by mistake. I can guarantee you, whether you're a friend, a family member, a visitor at your first time or at your hundredth time, it is not a mistake if you're here today. Why? Because God is in this room. And I was taught that nothing in God's world happens by mistake. So it's not a coinky think. Awesome. God is often doing things in our life for us that we cannot do for ourselves. He lays a path at our feet. He gave us free will and thank God he did because I've learned the best through trial and error of living in my will. But the cool thing is is that he's always there ready and willing to love you when you are willing and ready to love him. Coming in here and not knowing anything about God, I felt defeated. I don't know if you guys felt defeated or if you're feeling defeated right now because you don't know who God is. Great news. You don't need to have it all figured out. You just got to keep coming back. It works if you work it. They say 90 meetings in 90 days, not because you're going to get recovery from, what do you say, osmosis, but because you're going to hear something Uh, A few times that's going to make you want more of something and you might just continue to come back and work a simple program Which will as our book says enable you to find a power greater than yourself to restore you to sanity And that means that they wrote a book which is going to talk about god This is indeed going to offend people Of course it is because if god If everybody was happy with the solution of God, this world would definitely be a different place. We have to have struggle in life. We have to have hurts. We have to have these things. Otherwise, we'd have no reason to seek out our Father. We would have no reason to do that. So coming in here and hearing the knowledge you guys had in Alcoholics Anonymous, and here I was like, what? It's a group of drunks talking about God. Are you serious? Somebody said, if you want something new, you have to do something new. That means that nothing changes if nothing changes. You keep getting in the same situation with the way that you think, your attitudes, your decision-making, your responses to other people, your reactions to situations and places you're getting the same result. what are the results for you is it pitiful incomprehensible demoralization is it a life full of irritable restlessness and discontentment is it an abundance of depression and anxiety and fear of society Is it trouble with personal relationships? Are you walking around with the big V on your forehead as a victim because it's always everybody's problem or fault and not your own? Do you have a hard time looking in the mirror? These are all what I like to call a symptom of the absence of God. Not because God has left our side, but it's because we have allowed everything in this world to dilute our sight. We hear the truth often. God has not gone one single solitary day without feeding you. Without showing you his light. But we are so quick to ignore it or to be blindsided because we are too focused on the wrong things. Coming in here and just putting down the drink and the drug was the very first step towards freedom. And it was a very hard step for most of us. Some of you guys came back in here after a period of time and you had to put something else down, not just drugs and alcohol. You had to put down your bad attitude and your judgmental ways You had to put down that behavior at work that's not conducive to your recovery. You had to put down the lying and the deceiving and the cheating. There's a lot of things that we got to come in here and surrender. The very first step is the only step that is required at perfection in regards to Alcoholics Anonymous. We admit that we are powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable. There's three components. There's a physical component, a mental component, and a spiritual component. The only solution for the physical component is complete abstinence. You are not going to recover from alcoholism if you're putting drugs and alcohol into your body. Period. This is not a program for the marijuana maintenance. It's just not. No judgment on people who want to smoke marijuana. It is okay if you do. It's okay if you want to take a multitude of different medications. This happens to be an abstinence-based program, which we believe the solution for the physical component of alcoholism is complete abstinence. That means nights, weekends, holidays, birthdays, baby showers, makeups, and breakups. The mental and the spiritual component of this program is going to get better over time. But here's the tricky thing, and I know I've said this a few times, and I'm going to say it all the way up until I get out of here. That we straighten out spiritually first before we overcome the physical component. How is that possible? You want me to straighten out spiritually? Doesn't that take a lifetime of work in order to overcome this problem? Here it is tricky, right? God gives us a grace period. A grace period is something we didn't deserve. We all have a time frame in our grace period. Only God knows that. You don't know that. We don't know that. But in that grace period, he gives you the upper hand. He placed you right smack in the middle of a program called Alcoholics Anonymous what are you going to do with the gift you did not deserve are you going to get a sponsor work the steps grab a home group and just do this thing honest open-minded and willing it's that simple you want to do it or not you put one foot in front of the other do what's in front of you to do trust the process and know that God's got your back even if you don't believe yet if you don't believe believe that we believe that's what we teach you here It's really simple. Don't overcomplicate it. I know you've been through a hard life. I know your life has been so hard that there's no way possible that it's that simple, but it is. We like to do what's called self-sabotaging. When something's too good in our life, we like to rip it into pieces, throw it into a thousand pieces and try to figure out this jigsaw puzzle when it was already whole and handed to you as a gift. You want to know if you know if you're overanalyzing or not? If you've already thought maybe this is the wrong thing to do. (laughs) In any way, shape, or form. You're already in the freaking way. Isn't that crazy? You're already in the way. You want to know what God's will is for you? You want to know what God has in plan for you? The only thing you have to do is have a desire to have a relationship with him. The desire comes from beating down the wall, the brick wall that blocks your heart. Pride and ego and all that. This does that for you. You desire a relationship with God. God is going to initiate it. You don't have to figure this all out. You don't have to sit at home and write your pros and cons and try to figure out what you're going to do with your life next. Maybe I need to start a big book study this day, and I need to do this on this day, and I need to do this on that day. Those are all good things. I'm really glad that you're passionate about this program of recovery. It's probably going to keep you busy. Busy, by the way, is not the solution, but it's cool. They say that alcoholism cannot hit a moving target, I suppose. But I guess at the end of the day, you still have to stop and lay your head down at night. So if you're focused on all the extras, you are watering down your relationship with God. Keep this simple, stupid. Keep it simple. You have a relationship with God, a desire to have a relationship with God. He is going to initiate his will upon you. He's going to show up in ways that are magnificent which by the way he's been doing your whole life you just have yet to be able to see it now that you have the simplicity and you can remove what's been blocking you aka yourself he's going to start showing you where he's working in your life and this is where you take action i see you i'm willing i will join you on this journey And you know what? Sometimes it's not what you wanted. Sometimes it's inconvenient. Sometimes you would just rather go home and watch TV, play with your kids, or binge eat. But at the end of the day, if he shows up, join him. Because guess what's going to happen? He is going to unfold more. More and more and more. I could have never done this without him. He has been the only solution. And I have been pleasantly ready for him to do it for me. And that's not all of our story. And it wasn't at the beginning for me, but that's how simple step one, two, and three is. I can't, he can, I'm gonna let him do it. How am I gonna let him do it? I'm gonna follow the people who've been in Alcoholics Anonymous a little bit longer than me. They seem to know what they're doing. I'm gonna fall closely behind them. I'm not going to ask too many questions because it seems every time I open my mouth, I am in a fight. I'm just going to do it. Even though I think I'm the smartest thing on the planet and I know there's everything there is to know about everything there is to know about everything there is to know. I'm going to keep my mouth shut and act like I don't know nothing. And maybe, just maybe, I'm going to learn what I need to hear. This whole walk has been a whole process of trial and error doing things my way multiple times until I'm sick and tired of doing them my way. And I wish I could say I wake up when I'm done doing it saying, oh, hallelujah, I'm gonna let it go today. I know the magic equation to do it. It's not true. I never ever have intentionally let something go just in case you guys are interested in knowing. It's usually... Force, force, control, force, force, control. Worry, 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 force, force, control. Worry, 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 force, force, control. And then like one day, I'm on to the next situation. I'm focused on something else going on in my life. Then it's two days, three days, four days, five days. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I haven't worry, 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 control about that thing in like five days. And boom. Boom. It gets solved. And I'm like, holy crap. It was only when I let it go that it got solved in a way that was absolutely magnificent. And I legit had absolutely nothing to do with it. Freaking nuts. So then I say to myself, this is great news. Next time I will be much more prepared. I'm not going to worry, 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 control ever again. Because now I've learned God can and will do for me what I cannot do for myself. And what's even cooler is I know God will do it in a magnificent way that is much better than I can do it. And then guess what happens? A real life situation occurs. And I'm worry, 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 control. Research, research talk to all the right people, pros and cons list, talk to professionals, worry, 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 worry. This is me, by the way, on the internet. I'm Googling everything and I'm really good. I I find a solution and it tells me I have 17 hoops to jump through. I will literally hop through every one of these before tomorrow morning. And still I'm getting a brick wall. And then next thing you know, I'm focused on something else. I'm unwinding. We're at the beach having a good time, thinking about our next vacation, going to a meeting, reading the big book. Boom, solution came. It's all solved. It happened exactly the way I never thought it would. And then I realized, holy crap, I let that thing go. And God showed up again in a magnificent way. And I had literally nothing to do with it. So just a little funny story. I've been doing that now for 16 years. And I um, still, a couple minutes, barely worry, barely. I pray and I let it go. It comes a lot more natural today than it ever has. And I believe that things are going to work out exactly the way that they're supposed to despite my worry and control. That is the most freeing thing I have ever experienced. When I tell you that there are things I didn't know I wanted until God gave them to me, I used to think that being a strong independent woman was an asset. And don't get me twisted, I still some degree like that I'm a strong independent woman. But I share my life with somebody now today where I allow them to do for me a lot of things that I can do for myself, but we're sharing this life now. And the more I get used to it and practice it, the more I want it, the more I desire it, and the less control I have over my life. A little bit more every day. Little things like that start becoming more important than the big house on the inner coastal. Going to bed every single night without stress, worry, fear, remorse, guilt, or shame, priceless. Being able to have joy, that's a content happiness within me despite what's going on in this world, despite what's going on in my current situations, absolutely priceless. The absolute fact that I not only believe that God exists, but it is the strongest desire in my heart to be close to him is bigger than any vehicle, any house, any pool I have ever purchased in my life. I cannot imagine life without God. So here he is. I've built this beautiful relationship with God as a result of being a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and working the 12 steps. I went through all this process to clean out uh, the wreckage of my past, to clean out the things that were blocking me from the sunlight of the spirit, to, to learn how to have emotional sobriety on a daily basis. And I did all of this for what? For the glory of Bobby, No, I did it for the glory of God. And the glory of God is going to give me the ability to bring others to him. There are millions of people out there that are walking in this world dead. Not just drug addicts and alcoholics. Spiritually dead. We've been given a gift I don't know where that fog light is. God, let your love shine through me like a fog light so those whom are lost, sick and dying can find your love through me. That is what you get. Now you get to help others. Cool story. I got sober. I started to help people. It was natural. Just like I was before recovery, anything that came into my life that I loved and I enjoyed and became passionate about it, I wanted everybody to know. This was before social media when I got s- sober. And I had a whole list of ideas or of people that I wanted to reach out to. I wanted everybody to know this amazing feeling that I had. You know, I'm several months into my recovery. I'm loving it. A lot of people are dead or in prison for the rest of their life. And uh, there's always a few people that would come to mind to my heart. Back then, what you would do is uh, go to sheriff.org, click inmate search, and just pop in a name and search. Or you can go to the Florida Department of Corrections. They might be in prison and search. And I would find somebody all the time in county jail. I had I had the strongest desire to bring people into alcoholics anonymous. I wasn't going back into the hood to look for them either, but I felt jail is a very safe place. They're there. This is a divine intervention for them. Boom. Write them a letter. Hey friend, so good to see you safe. Ba 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 ba. Been in recovery now. Ba 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 ba. Those letters turned into life-saving experiences. And I don't say that because I want to be, you know, boastful. I say that because simple. How simple. One of my, one of my greatest friends, um, she just celebrated uh, 11 or 12 years. I don't remember. Sarah. You guys, you guys may have heard her before. She's done a step series a couple times as well. She was one of those girls in county jail, Da, 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 da. long story short she got out of jail she was ripping and running she was on a um a charge for attempting to rob a bank meanwhile she's adding up felonies out there on the street go in and out of county jail and i every time she went in there i would just simple letter of hey i love you here's a picture of how i'm doing now you know not like saying aa is the solution you know, just giving her little glimpses of my life. And long story short, she ended up getting sober, got her one-year medallion, and then she was sentenced to four years in prison for that uh, attempted bank robbery charge. She did all four years day to day and um, sponsored, I don't know, a lot of women. She did like 24 fifth steps in that prison while she was there for four years. She got out uh, April of 20. 15, 16, and she's been out since then. She's got a wonderful life. Um, I have many stories like that just from sheriff.org or Florida Department of Corrections. When I when you go out there, you know, we want to be careful not to um, be preaching from a high spiritual hilltop. Just a simple hi, I love you. Uh, you're on my mind. A good picture of you today, of what you look like. Pictures are crazy what we could look like in a few months of sobriety. They could be a huge reason why people have a desperation to come join you. So I started helping a lot of people. I got sponsees. I loved sponsoring. Early recovery for me was amazing. I had two of my kids were removed from my custody. My rights were terminated. The third one was uh, I got him back in my custody rather quickly. I was very blessed. So I had him. He was my shadow. I took him everywhere I went we went to meetings and we went to diners after the meeting. We went to all the AA functions together. He sat next to me at every table with hundreds of girls that I did step work with. I did a lot of that in the early recovery. You know, I don't think I ever put really rules per se on sponsorship, but I will say I do have some, 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 some stuff, but they're uh, fluid because they change often. I used to sponsor eight girls at a time, newcomers, which is crazy. I only sponsor one newcomer at a time now. I take one girl through the 12 steps at a time so that I can give her my whole self. And I also make sure that they can get to me. I, I mean, I hate to say it, I just do. I got a lot of kids, I got two jobs. I mean, two businesses. You gotta be able to come to me. If you ain't got a car, I'm sorry. You better like Uber. Um, little things like that. So here I was, sober. A lot of people were getting sober. There was a lot of people going out and relapsing, and I understood that whole thing. But then God started doing more. Um, Here's where I started to learn God will initiate. And when He does, it's your decision whether you want to join Him or not. And you will be afraid. But I've learned what courage truthfully is, and that's being able to walk through it with the presence of fear. That's what it means. And uh, you could be fearless as a result of having a relationship with God. Three and a half years in, three, three and a quarter years in, I'm uh, office manager at an air conditioning company. I wasn't a big fan of my job. I was bored, to be really honest with you. Um, I did want a new job, but I wasn't looking for a new job. But I felt in my heart that it wasn't the right place for me long term. And I got a phone call one day. From a woman that works at an agency for women and children where I lived at one point in time in my life with my son. And uh, she said, I heard you're doing well. I know you're an alumni here. And uh, we were wondering if you'd be interested in a job working with us. And I said, well, I'm not really. Am I like an alumni? Yeah, I graduated. But I like got high an hour after I left there. <laughs> got my kid removed and everything after that day. They said, yeah, but it's not about what happened. It's how you're living now. You got your son back, and you've been in recovery three and a half years, and you're doing really well. And we think that you'd actually really be a good fit for this job. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll come check it out. I mean, I live in Pompano. The job is 40 miles away, and I'm driving a 1999 Honda Accord with 350,000 miles on it. But, yeah, I'll come check it out. So I go, and I check it out, and... um, I think I told you guys this with my amend stuff, but I'm not going to go into that part. The job position. Are you guys ready for this? If this isn't God, I don't know what is. They said, we want to put you into a program called SURF. It's called Strengthening, Unifying, Recovering Families. And I said, okay, tell me more. Well, you see, there is a Department of Children and Family here in South Florida. When somebody's experiencing substance use disorder... Oftentimes, they're neglecting their children or abusing them in one way, shape, or form. And Child Protective Services are called. Police, BSO show up. They do an investigation. And oftentimes, they remove the child from the parents' custody as a result. And I'm like, well, duh. <laughs> I know all about that. They're like, yeah, you do. And I'm like, yeah, duh. And then they said, but with this program, that would enable us to send you To their doorstep right after the kids had been removed and I said well what would I do at their doorstep they said you would give them hope and I was like are you serious and they're like yeah I'm serious so um in that April of 2011 God showed up I wasn't looking he initiated it and I said I'll join you on this And a lot of hoops came in my way with the background screenings and felony charges that were open warrants and all these things. And I cleaned it up, and I was very blessed to get a job there, and I worked there for four years. And I helped men and women get their children back into their custody. I was able to sit at tables with lots of child advocates, in fact, ones that removed my kids, BSO investigator, who I'm still friends with today because of that job, that removed my kid multiple times, and judges who signed my termination rights as a mother. I've given them hugs at their podiums. And um, most importantly, I got to sit in front of those judges and advocates and state attorneys to be a testimony that recovery is possible and people can Change your life around. I was that example, and not to just write people off because they're suffering from substance use disorder. It was an amazing God divine job for me. It made me realize that I had more purpose than just my primary purpose, there was more God was going to reveal for me. Things started to get a little bored. That's my first sign something's about to change. And um, there was a lady who was starting a grassroots organization here in Broward County for um, men and women with mental health and substance use challenges. And they needed people that had experience with these things to hit the ground running. And I said, well, what does that mean? She said, literally, we're going to be out on the street Trudging this road (laughs) and getting out there and doing what we would call outreach. And I said, Well, what are we doing out there? We're going to do a lot of stuff out there. We're going to teach people about overdoses and we're going to teach people about resources. We're going to hold their hand. We're going to bring them into hospitals. We're going to give them as many resources that we can and we're going to do the best that we can. And I said, Man, this is not what I hadn't planned for my life. I said, But here he is again initiating. So I think I'll join him. So I went and had to do some, a little bit extra work. And I left that agency, gave him a whole three week notice. Never done that before in my whole life. And I went to this job and when I tell you God showed up in so many ways, forget about my paycheck. I mean, it was cool to get paid, but, um, I worked there for six years I would help that grassroots organization grow to a 55 staff uh, certified recovery peer specialist agency that's doing very well now, and that gave me opportunity to walk into areas of life that I never thought that was possible for me. I had been doing service in the women's jail at Conti because not Conti yet, um, Paul Ryan when it was S and J when I worked at Susan B. Anthony. And so because I had relationships over there at Paul Ryan, they called me in and said, we'd still like you to keep coming even though you're not working at Susan B. Anthony anymore. And I said, yeah, sure. Let me, I'll come in there and tell them about this new grassroots organization. And I went in there and talking to the women and they invited me into their Christian unit. And then I got a call from Conti's Life Skills, which is for men. And they're like, will you come on over here and hang out with my guys in the jail? And I'm like, are you Sure. That's a thing? Okay. Um, All right, I'm coming on over. And then I was over at Life Skills and the SAP unit. um, You know, lady who runs SAP came over and she says, hey, I'd like you to come over here when you're done. And so I went over there and then I got a call from this guy, Tim, over at North Broward Bureau, which is the mental health unit over there. And he says, I heard you're over at Paul Ryan and at Conti. Will you come over here at North Broward? And I said, yeah, I will. And um, what's really cool is that I'm there and I'm talking and, you know, sharing my testimony, a lot of this stuff and talking about the resources that these guys and these women can get when they get out. And one of the guys says, I was just sentenced to two years in prison. Is there any way that you can help me while I'm there? I said, well, bud, one thing I can do is write you. I'll get you connected to a nice, solid man that's walking a journey of recovery in one way, shape or form. And um, I'm sure that he'll also lift you up. And that started an amazing pen pal program that day. So, so cool. He wrote me and I was, ended up having a great relationship with him for the whole two years. He was in prison. He had somewhere to come when he got out. He got a, a great community and family when he came out. But as a result of that one guy writing, dozens of letters started to pour in. Dozens and dozens of letters from every unit and every jail in Broward County and um, oftentimes in prisons in the state of Florida. And they'd come in, they'd get assigned a peer specialist, that peer specialist would build a relationship with them while they were serving time, giving them experience, strength, and hope. And things um, progressively got better with that programming, and all kinds of really cool doors opened up. I was able to walk into Baker Act units and uh, mental health institutions all the way from the worst of the worst to the nicest of the nicest. And I, what I was really doing, I wasn't coming in as, an ex, as a representation of Alcoholics Anonymous because we don't do that. I was coming in as a testimony that recovery is possible and that the power and love of God is priceless. And what an amazing job that was. So I did that for six years <clears throat> and... You know, in that whole time in that process, a lot of other really cool things happened. I had not been with a man for seven years and I met my now husband and we got married at what at that time had just become my, my home church. And, um, you know, we're young in recovery. He's a lot younger than me, but we're both in recovery. And I started to see myself being gravitated towards other young couples people that were in recovery or that were trying to get into recovery, and God continually initiated this for us, and he got us to help other people in this area. We became a member of a Bible study at our church. We're still members of that today, and they are, the title of that group at the time was Young Married Couples, and the funny thing is, is they were all married a lot longer than we were, but I noticed that we brought something to the table that was very unique and different. Not one of the people in our group was like me and my husband. None of them were felons. They'd never been homeless or prostituted or were criminals in any way, shape, or form. And here we are. We're like the black sheep of the family in this church. But they loved us. They loved how raw we were. We talked our truth we were not embarrassed about our feelings you know we've been practicing talking about our feelings in AA meetings all these years and that really has opened up a lot of those people to share their truth with us too and so God continues to open up doors every time you go through something he's only going to set you up to use that for the good it's gonna happen you know, it's it's crazy. It's it's nuts. So, God will continue to do these things for you. And you know, I said at the very beginning that if I would have put down on paper what I thought I should have received in five years of sobriety, I would have been shortchanging myself. My God, God has been good to me. He's been so good to me. Um, I got all of my kids back in my life in one way, shape, or form. That is a blessing. That was a promise to me that I would never have, in fact, by my BSO investigator. She hated me. She loves me now, but she hated me. Um, And my my kids are doing the best that they can do at this point in time in their life. I have a daughter who's 25 years old. She's got her master's in social work. She graduated a year and a half early. Um, She returned back to school this last semester to get her uh, master's in business. She's like, she's super smarty pants. You know, she's got her own place, her own car, her own dog. She pays her own bills. And she loves me. In high school, she had to write a paper on an idol. And she wrote the paper on me. And I was just blown away that my daughter could feel those things about me even after everything that I had put her through my second oldest daughter was removed from me when she was three years old and placed in a home that adopted her and raised her in a different state she came back into my life several years ago and we are closer than ever she had to write a paper last year to get into her communication bachelor's program at the college that she's at she's 20 by the way and she's at FSU with my oldest they both went to FSU and um, she had to write a paper to part of the application process to get into communications bachelor's degree at FSU. And she wrote the paper on her mom, her biological mother, which I thought was really cool. She wanted to do communications because her mother does a lot of public speaking, not just in Alcoholics Anonymous. So, I, you know, how cool is that? Like, how cool is that? Um, I have a 16-year-old son who is special, but beyond anything you can imagine. Um, he is responsible, he's mature, he's super good looking, and he's funny. And um, I literally don't believe that you can, you can stay sober for your children, but I would be lying if my son Malachi was not my biggest motivator for my sobriety when I got here when I got here and he still is today Um, and I got my stepdaughter she's here I'm gonna embarrass her she was brought into my life when she was five years old and it's just only another wonderful beautiful asset and then I had another kid who's gonna be six in September she bonded all of us together she is the reason we have all become one amazing family So listen, guys, I'm out of time. It has been a blessing. I know you guys were probably hoping I was going to tell you all about how to sponsor somebody. But I don't need to do that. You know why? Because you have a big book right here. It's a chapter. It's called Working With Others. And it literally gives you do's and don'ts through the whole entire chapter. So read it. And thank you guys for letting me come.
1: Let's thank Bobby again. And now we have David for our secretary's report.
2: Up here for a second. Up there? Yes. A special thanks. I just want to read the notes so that I get it right. For sharing your experience, strength, and hope. We have this little gift. It is a uh, limited production first edition big book refrigerator magnet and a limited edition coffee mug. So thank you for everything that you've done with us. It's been much appreciated.
5: Awesome. Thank you.
2: In keeping with the 7th tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are now going around. Um, On the backs of some of the chairs, we also have a QR code if you'd like to contribute through Venmo. And if you're joining us on Zoom, there should be a QR code for you as well. Um, And I have asked Ben... No, I'm sorry. (laughs) I have asked James to come up and read the recovered statement. Good
1: evening, everyone. I'm James, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, James. Recovered. We are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered, but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in the body. We are now seeing where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered.
2: Thanks, James. uh, 1940s-style big-book sponsorship from the forward to the second edition of Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. What we've seen felt come to believe and experience is that God has not changed over time and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms the statistics above suggest a 75% plus success rate is there anyone uh, here tonight who needs a sponsor okay if you're too shy to come up uh, please uh, come up to the front of the room at the end uh, stand around awkwardly somebody will come over and speak to you, okay? Uh, Let me have a show of hands of recovered alcoholics. Thank you. Um, So we like to suggest that if your hand isn't raised, that you make an effort to hang out with those whose hands are. So uh, Broward County Intergroup uh, is where you can buy AA-related literature and medallions. Intergroup is also responsible for creating our where and when and and scheduling the AA hotline. Stop by and visit them. Broward County Institutions Committee is responsible for bringing meetings into places where people like us uh, can't get out to an AA meeting, such as jails, detoxes, and rehabs. They meet monthly to organize the meeting schedules at the 12-step house. Do we have any members of BCIC uh, out there tonight? Uh, so if you're curious about that, you can speak to Brian. Uh, here are some upcoming service opportunities. There should be uh, flyers for these in the back of the room. Uh, the second Gratitude Dinner planning meeting will be held uh, on Saturday, June 10th at one thirty p.m. at the 12-step house. Um, and I think that the only way to get a ticket is to show up at one of those meetings. Am I correct? Thank you. Uh, for limited time only, subscribe to the AA Grapevine magazine for a year and get a free, big, uh, free book from Uh October 27th to 29th uh, is the second annual Bull in the China Shop Corral. It's a men's 12 step surrender gathering. And uh, please join us on Monday nights for, wait, uh, oh, we're talking, uh, I'm sorry. Please join us next week uh, where, where, uh, when we will be welcoming Marion for a four-week series. Same time, same place. And um, uh, if you have a little time uh, at the end uh, and you can stick around, uh, we need to set up some tables at the back of the room and uh, we'd appreciate your help. And, of course, Monday's uh, Big Book Study Group. Uh, Please join us. It's the same time on Monday night. It's on the third floor, um, and we go through the the Big Book line by line. It's a great meeting. Please join us. Thanks.
1: We have tonight's session and all the past speaker podcasts online for free at alcoholicsandgod.org. I'd like to invite everyone to our Monday night big book study. And those who wish to thank tonight's speaker, please line up down the center aisle. Let's close with the Lord's Prayer. Who woke us up this morning? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us for evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. See you all on Monday or next Thursday. Godspeed.
6: Thirsty bodies aching
7: i mm-hmm.
8: See the light Count my blessings When I go to sleep at night In our dream now uh-huh. Fear has left me And I'm standing tall A pile of bricks now lies Where once there stood a wall That I hid behind see the light count my blessings when I go to sleep at night and I dream now yeah I dream now and everything's (laughs) alright oh man going on 10 years old that song is God bless, I love you Mike Chase bye
9: This one, don't you?